The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, episode 174. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV series, movies, and more. And today we're discussing I Excretus from Lower Decks, the latest episode. Joining me today on the panel are Father Cory Stika. Hi, Father Cory. How's it going? Very well, thanks. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. You know, they don't actually provide any rationale for the name I excretus. It's just it's it's a combination of I Claudius, I Borg and Locutus. Yeah. And they don't actually have there's nothing excretory about the name in the show. So yeah. it's it's bad advertising. Yeah, it's it's straight up poop joke. So. <laughs> and it's and it's a lame Latin poop joke. It is. It is. Uh, folks, uh, for that for. uh I want to encourage you to stick around. I meant hello. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you threw me off there with the, with the poop joke thing. Uh, so, folks, stick around to the end of the episode. We'll have your feedback on our most recent episodes. Uh, I also want to encourage you to like The Secrets of Star Trek on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media. Retweet us on Twitter where we're at SQPN and make sure to leave comments wherever you find us on social media. And I want to let you know about another show on the StarQuest Network, which is not really a show, but it's an opportunity, an invitation to prayer. It's called Pray Station Portable, and it is uh, the Liturgy of the Hours or Divine Office, the prayer of the church throughout the day. When you subscribe, you're going to get several episodes uh, per day, and it just encourages you to follow along in prayer. So it's one of our oldest uh, podcasts going for a decade and a half. So check it out at sqpn.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. All right, Jimmy, it's time for your recap of this episode. It's opposite day on the Cerritos, and a Star Trek a Starfleet inspector named Sherry Yin Yem has come aboard the ship to run the crew through individualized drills in individualized holodeck pod simulations. The reason it's opposite day is that the bridge crew and the lower deckers have to change places and do each other's jobs. It turns out the drills they are put through are really hard and they all keep failing. Except Boimler, who actually has a passing grade in his simulated Borg encounter, but he keeps running the simulation over and over again in hopes of getting a perfect score. While that's happening, the other Lower Deckers and the bridge crew grow in appreciation for what their colleagues have to, grow, have to go through. Eventually, Mariner and Captain Freeman conclude that this must have been the point, that the drills were really about team building and helping everybody appreciate everybody else and how they do their job. But... Sherry Yin Yim suddenly becomes evil and reveals that she rigged the text tests to make them fail so that she can keep her job. And once Boimler finishes his simulation, the grades will be permanent and they will all be reassigned to other less important jobs on other ships. Boimler has finally reached a 100% score and is about to end his simulation, but he keeps it going while Captain Freeman and the Lower Deckers take the Cerritos to one dangerous place after another in an attempt to intimidate Sherry into giving them a passing grade. 
This eventually works, but by that point, Boimler has been assimilated and become excretus of Borg. Fortunately, he was only holodeck assimilated, so as soon as they open the pod, his Borg implants vanish. Of course, he's intensely psychologically scarred by his experience, but now that the danger is past, the episode can end on a lighthearted note. The <laughs> end. So, with the Boimler's continuing to, to to run the simulation it's like a video game thing like the, the oh, yeah. everyone knows that video game guy uh, if you know any video game guys there's always one who is not satisfied with completing the game he has to keep rerunning it until he gets a perfect run like there's a, well, not just a perfect run but there are, there are people who do speed running of video games where the idea is to get every object every place every enemy killed yeah. in as quick as possible as time but you got to do all of it and you got to get <laughs> yeah. every secret and everything and and they, you know, they do it on Twitch and YouTube where you can yeah. sit and watch them where they got the timer running and everything. And, oh, I missed it by two seconds. I got to do it again. <laughs> yes. yeah. That's Boimler. Yeah. He's, he's being a perfectionistic gamer here. And I love the way they build out the Borg scenario he's in, because initially yeah. he's just like got to escape from a Borg cube. Yeah. And OK, fine. That's simple. But as he works his way towards a perfect score, it becomes more and more elaborate. He's yeah. not only killing all of the Borg around him, he like grabs three Borg babies and straps them to his body so he can rescue them. And he ends up uh, total, not just escaping the cube, but having like sent a message to arrange for a rescue shuttle. And as soon as he's on the rescue shuttle with the three Borg babies strapped to him, he pulls out a little device, presses a button and the cube explodes. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's, so he's like single handedly taken down a Borg cube. And that is not a perfect score. <laughs> <laughs> eventually we get the Borg Queen involved. And by the way, the Borg Queen in this is portrayed by the original actress, Alice Krieger. Yes. Um, and 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 that and that ends up leading to his downfall. Once he stays after his perfect score, the program is now improvising. And so it puts him through the temptation sequences from uh, Star Trek First Contact that Data went through. Right. And the Borg Queen is like blowing on him and stuff. And eventually <laughs> he gets he gets assimilated. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a I'm not an android. Oh, well, you you really have really bad skin then. <laughs> <laughs> you should drink more water. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love like he had to teach the board queen or he had to beat board queen at chess and teach her empathy to get the perfect <laughs> right, score. Yeah. Where did he go? Where did he ask? So how's the empathy going? I assimilated it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing is all of these holodeck simulations that all the crew go through are basically other t uh, other Star Trek episodes from various series that the crew has to go through. So like Mariner g goes through a mirror universe encounter. That's her first one. Oh, Ten and in in the mirror. So while we're while we're going through them, so sure. yeah, Mariner's first one is the mirror universe, and in that we when he when she encounters Mirror Boimler. He does the pod shriek at her yeah. from yeah. the 1978 version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers when he realizes she's not from his universe. <laughs> right. Also, they've reimagined the agonizers from that, from the original Mirror Universe episode, Mirror Mirror, as tasers. And yep. so they now make this taser crackling sound when you <laughs> apply them to someone. <laughs> yeah, right, right. They're portable. Yes. Uh, Tendi ends up in her pod is about uh, there's a Klingon who wants to have assisted suicide. He's been injured and 
he wants to die and she keeps failing because at first she's like oh she refuses to honor his culture by helping him die and then uh, it ends up with uh, what the like we failed big by because he's gonna live i i yes i love the bit where so she she's like but no there's no reason you need to die and this was a next gen episode with Worf wanting to die right um but it's like there's no reason you need to die i can fix you up in a jiffy and it's like you are refusing to honor my culture and she's like <laughs> she realizes she's going to fail the test if she does that because she's been told her job is to give him an honorable death and she's and she whips out a syringe and it's like oh well then let's send you off to stovocor <laughs> and but she keeps failing to kill him and eventually he gets better. And one of the other med techs who's there says, finally says, it's time to call it time of life, 9 a.m. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> He's going to survive. <laughs> right. So, so she feels that one. Uh, then Mariner's next uh, simulation, she ends up in on an Old West planet, which is from TOS Spectre yep. of the Gun uh, yep. and ends up. Uh, she, she first she tries she, to run away. She gets beat up by a horse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she supposedly has had horse riding lessons and everything. And horses, and, shut up! Horses like me. Yeah. Well, and later on, when Sherry and Yem tells them that everything has been rigged for them to fail, she goes, "I knew that was the, with the what was going on with the horses." She's like, oh no, the horses weren't part of it. You just failed at the horses on that your was own. On you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so yeah, so she fucks out of that one, and then Rutherford it, ends up having to do kind of Spock the, the, and Scotty in Rathacon to, uh, yep. to, to warp core breach, the warp, core, the warp breach. core breach. Yeah. Right. And fails. And you see the enterprise blow Ex up, explode the, uh, the enterprise, uh, a explodes, um, the movie enterprise, yeah. the movie enterprise. That's right. Uh, then we have Boimler goes into the Borg encounter and then Mariner's next one is basically, uh, naked time from TOS and TNG slash naked now from, naked now. from, yeah. uh, from TNG, yeah. which is, which is the more sexually explicit one. And so that's why this one gets an S rating on the beginning because they have some visually suggestive. They have to black uh, things up. You see more, yeah. you see more of Shaxx than you really ever want to see of Shaxx. Or Boimler. Yeah. <laughs> Though they, they keep the, you don't see everything. We'll right. No. Put it that way. Yeah. So, it's about, but it was, reduced, it, it was, it was, yeah. it was funny because it was making fun of those two episodes. I mean, just right. completely ripping them apart. So. But they're, they're once again going where no one wants to go yep. like they did before. Yeah. It was <laughs> kind of cringy. Yeah, it was kind of cringy. Uh, she intentionally fails that one because she's just creeped out by it, which is fine. I'm uh, creeped out and, too. And she's later haunted by visions of, of shacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that actually was funny. He gets up to stretch. And, yeah. That was <laughs> yes. good. Um, so then the bridge crew. They have to do, do their own uh, hologram. And remember they, they sw the swap out. Oh, a Klingon attacking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. So the Klingons so, are attacking. Yeah. So the Klingons are attacking the, the Cerritos and people are like running by the, the cargo bay where the bridge crew is supposed to be stacking crates during the middle of a Klingon attack. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they're not allowed to do or know anything. Their job is to just stack these crates, which is extra hard. Because they're hexagonal crates. <laughs> right. And so they can easily slide around and fall off. Especially as the ship is being attacked and shake, shaken. So, yeah, that was funny. Um, then there's a, a group drill where they're all on the bridge. Uh, you know, the so the lower deckers are now the bridge crew and the bridge crew is now lower deckers. And they uh, they have to steal the Cerritos from Space Dock and save Spock from the Genesis planet. 
but they don't even make it out of space dock because Freeman and Mariner start bickering with each other and they crash into the space dock doors. <laughs> yeah. which and, and if you remember Star Trek three, the search for Spock, they, they do kind of have an adventure getting out of those space dock doors. Right. And here they just blow that. Yeah. So they right. don't even, they don't even get a score. It's not even a scored right. run. They didn't make it out of space dock. Yeah. I love, I love Ransom was sent out. Uh, Chris Mariner, you know, says, Yeoman Ransom, go get me some coffee. <laughs> and so he goes and he comes back in. You want cream? Oh, that's a record. That's got to be a record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, and it's the, the fun thing is uh, at the at first they're all very excited being playing the other role. So like all the lower deckers get to have like a meal in the bridge crew uh, wardroom. So they're eating all this fancy food. I'm trying to remember what some of the fancy food is they got to eat. Like pesto, well, I think it was pesto, pesto, lobster, steak, you know, prime rib. <laughs> right. And then the bridge crew is like, oh, this is fun. We could just sit down here in the in the corridor where our bunks are uh, and just hang out. We don't have any concerns or worries. And so at first, oh, it's, but yeah. the the lower deckers replicators can only make one slice of pizza at a time. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. that's> right. <laughs> so, so you know, at first it's like, oh, this the, the other side they've got it easy, and then they eventually learn to appreciate that the other side also has difficulties. Uh, but but I do like the fact is that they go beyond the trope of that to this next level where the 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 uh, the tester uh, Sherry it, is. Is it's a whole nother thing beyond that. And that's one yeah. of the things that Lower Decks is good at is it goes beyond the obvious trope that they give you, and then they go yeah. another step further, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, so we should talk then about Sherry Yen Yem. Uh, she is a Pandromian, and people may not be familiar with that race, but it has appeared before in Star Trek the Animated Series when we met another Pandromian named mm -hmm. Ari Ben Bem. Right. So Ari Ben Bem, a male character, has now been turned into Shari Yen Yem, a female character. And like and as we see in this episode, the Pandromians are colony life forms um, that can come apart. So like and now actually we're told that at least one of the lower deckers has heard that they can split into three parts uh it's like a head a torso and then the the legs yep and yep. and they can float around telekinetically in a state of separation apparently um well uh, so in the animated episode bem which is Ari Ben Bem's final name. I don't know if it's his technically last name, but it's his final name. It also is short for bug-eyed monster. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in the episode Bem, the, the Pandromian actually splits into more than three parts. He's got a head, a torso, the legs, and then he has a, he separates an arm at one point. So presumably he can separate both arms and can split into at least five parts. Um, but he is very annoying. And <laughs> it just like Sherry is in this. Yep. And I went back and it had been a long time. So I went back and rewatched that episode. And and the Pandromians at that time were like newly discovered. They were not part of the Federation. Uh, but Ari Ben Bem was assigned from their military as a like transfer officer, you know, mm -hmm. um, for a few missions. And they and, and they ended up going to a planet, but his values were so different, it kept sabotaging the uh, the crew's efforts. And he was very much into, well, yeah, I'm doing this because my values are totally different than yours, and 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 this is just what I do. And and 
Yeah, and it's kind of similar. I mean, he wasn't evil, but he was he did have very different values and was very annoying as mm-hmm. a result. And so that kind of plays a little bit into Sherry Yin Yem. And yeah, she's just got her own agenda here. <laughs> yeah. Um also like Ari Ben Bim, Sherry Yin Yem refers to herself as this one instead mm-hmm. of I. Right, I or me, yeah. A little bit is that David Gerald, the very famous uh, uh, Star Trek episode writer for TOS and TNG, he invented uh, the Pandronians and Ari Ben Ben uh, Bem. He wrote wrote the episode Bem, yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, really, you know, an interesting and unique uh, creature and species. So uh, stupid one. (laughs) Well, (laughs) although it was fun watching her tumbling around the the bridge as they're going through the different uh, all her parts all over the place. Yeah, Yeah. I think in the original, like he had little limbs that came out of the parts that helped. Yes, correct. But not in this one. Yeah. Yeah. So like in initially in in Bim, Kirk, Spock and and. Bim and a couple of other guys like beam down to this planet on the edge of a cliff mm-hmm. and Kirk and Spock and fall into the water and Bim jumps down into the water and the water is more than waist high. And while they're standing in the water talking to each other, Bim detaches his legs, which walk over to Kirk and Spock. And then these little arms come out of the top of the legs and grab their and swap their communicators and phasers with prop communicators and phasers and then come back to Bim and reattach to him. And so they he so he's just swapped out their real tools for fake tools without them knowing it. Wow. Give me a really good pickpocket as a. Pandronia. Yeah. If you, can, if, if you can arrange to not have your legs or their legs visible for the moment. Yeah. 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 Stand on another mm-hmm. bar or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, the, yeah, the Pandronians are, you know, it. so you have this one Pandronian here. Um, meanwhile, like it was Freeman. The resolution of this of the of the bickering is that Captain Freeman remembers what it's like to be an ensign and out of the loop while Mariner appreciates the tightrope walking that's involved in being in charge um they they called shari a drill instructor which when they first called her that i had a completely different idea of what was going to happen because drill instructor means something (laughs) specific but it turns out she's not a drill instructor she's like a the the drill administrator she's administering testing drills which is a whole well, it's just, it's just the, the friendly version of a drill instructor because you know she's she's hopped up like a good you know crossfit instructor yoga instructor or something like that you know but she's really a drill instructor at or heart. uh hr like <laughs> I, I've, 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 the hr has a certain person personality and she's like totally an hr person <laughs> i have to say um yeah so Who, who's your friend when things get get rough yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um yeah, so Boimler, like we mentioned, Boimler has to stay in the simulation so that they keep it running so that their tests aren't finalized and ends up, you know, <laughs> being assimilated. Um, and then, as you mentioned, Freeman takes them into intentionally dangerous situations in order to get Shari to change her score. Basically showing her, like, being Starfleet isn't about simulations and doing well in drills. It's about facing down real dangers and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't think this part of the episode worked that well, um, uh, logically, um, because they're basically scaring her into giving them a good grade. And um, it just didn't seem like the logical way to approach that. 
Um, I I would either have as a writer, I would either have had them with Boimler continuing to stretch out his scenario, get everybody else back in and win. Right. Or I would have um, I would have come up with something that's going to result in her being reported to Starfleet uh, invalidating the results. Right. But to scare her into giving us a passing grade, it didn't really work for me on the logical level. Although I was pleased that of the scenarios they they ran her through, like one of them is, oh, it's this special kind of black hole. And nah, that was just a re- regular black hole. No big deal. <laughs> and And a startling number of the scenarios they proposed taking her into involved local crystalline entities. Yes, because right. I've always <laughs> I've always hated the crystalline entity from Next Generation yep. that Lore made a pact with for no apparent reason. <laughs> and yeah. I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, you wanted to kill all the colonists for it, but why what were you getting out of this um and and but they they even hang a lantern on it and say oh it must be crystalline entity season <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes that's true i forgot about the crystalline entity there that showing showing up there uh yeah i agree i i thought as soon as we, they said you know boy you have to stay in there because the the grades aren't finalized they were going to rerun their 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 drills and and pass them uh, it didn't right. make sense to do it the other way. I, I, I didn't understand. Like, there was a very strange writing choice to go that other direction. Well, and, the, and they, they closed that option out right away by saying, oh, no, once you've once you've lost, you, you're locked out. You're yeah. done. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, but they didn't have to make that choice. They, from in, a writing in, point. From yeah. a writing point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Father Corey, any other notes on this episode? I love some of the... the uh, other options that guys that they, that they were doing as their tests, you had triple infestation and triple troubles. You had extreme engineering. You had transporter death tag. You had <laughs> whale rescue, aka Star Trek Four. Right. You had escape the void. You had time loop, Tholian web, and at one point, Tendi is doing EMH takeover. <laughs> I can imagine what that was. <laughs> How about you, Jimmy? Um, just a note about the very beginning of the episode in the cold open, we have uh, the the lower deckers having just completed like a repair mission on some kind of space probe that's alongside the Cerritos and um, and they're kind of celebrating having their job finished. And then we cut to the bridge of the Cerritos and uh, the the Bajoran and uh, not Bajoran, the Trill. Uh, lady who is at at the con is like, ooh, I'm getting a, a distress signal from a temporal from a ship that's caught in a temporal loop. Now I'm getting it again. Now I'm getting it again. <laughs> <laughs> really like that. Yeah. And and so this Captain Freeman orders the ship to go off uh, and help the 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 ship that's in distress. And the lower and just completely forgetting that the lower deck deckers are on an EVA. (laughs) And and so they're just left standing there. And Mariner's like, we got lots of oxygen in these suits, right? A lot of oxygen, a little bit of oxygen. And then we have an almost SpongeBob SquarePants like six hours later. (laughs) (laughs) When the Cerritos finally shows up and they're all freezing and out of breath. Yeah. 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 Tendy was like, yeah, 
I'm sure they'll be back any second. Six hours later, (laughs) you forgot us. (laughs) Well, you'll be fine after some lung rejuvenation. Yes, we have suffered lung trauma. Okay, so that's uh, that is I excretus. And as you mentioned, Jimmy, that the whole I excretus thing. It comes at the very end as they're pulling Boimler out of the uh, out of the pod, and, and it has no relevance. There, I mean, at yeah. least with Locutus, there's a reason they gave Picard that name, yeah. because I mean, it's it's Latin it's for like has been spoken or something. <laughs> right. I mean, it's right. meant it's meant to be like the one who connected speaks. to the word the one who speaks, yeah, which is not really what it is in Latin. But there's nothing here about excretion. It's just an irrelevant verbal semi Latin poop joke. Yeah, yeah. That's a part for the course for some of the jokes. Yeah. So let's get to our listener feedback on this episode. Uh, so the feedback comes in. It's about our mo- most recent episode, Where Pleasant Fountains Lie. That's the one where Billups' mother shows up, the Ren Fair planet, et cetera, et cetera. So Brett sends an email and he says, uh, normally I'd agree with all of you regarding the annoyance of the sexual content of this episode. And I do agree the sexual content has gotten to the level of annoyance, but I believe that's as far as it will go. Brett, we'd love to hear from you think that's yeah. if it went further in this episode. However, I think the sexual content for this episode is actually part of the joke. Furthermore, because of the way it was resolved, I'm actually fine that it was in it. I think the joke is that people pejoratively nerds that go to Ren fairs don't have sex. So if one of them were able to have sex, said person would obviously be held out as a king among the nerds. Still potentially annoying, but I think the sex focus for this episode was actually in service to the plot, which is not often true of that type of content for episodes. I'm actually not annoyed by it, though, because of the resolution. The resolution is that someone who wanted to maintain their virginity did so, and it was the cause of celebration. Furthermore, the virginity itself was not the butt of the joke. It was used to create comedic situations and jokes, but was not itself something shamed or itself a joke. That's not something I recall seeing anywhere on mainstream television for a while. Thoughts? So um, there may be a stereotype of nerds not having sex. I mean, I, I've encountered that stereotype in a, in media before. But actually, if you like go to Ren Fairs, there are <laughs> yeah. little babies and yeah. those yeah. babies are coming from somewhere. Right. So um, <laughs> so I, I don't think that stereotype is uh, actually that accurate. Um, the. I do agree, though, that I, I thought it was really refreshing. And I, I mentioned this in our commentary. I thought it was really refreshing that they don't mock Billups' desire to remain a virgin and that they celebrate uh, mm-hmm. the the victory at the end of achieving the preservation of his virginity. That is presented as a good thing. And, yeah. and that is not something that uh, you hardly see any. I can't think of anywhere else I've seen something like that in years. So yeah. mm-hmm. I, I did appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's uh, as I think about uh, Brett's email again. Uh, I I kind of agree. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that it, the virginity itself was mocked, but it was used to create funny situations or comedic jokes. So, yeah. And, and mainly for me, I, I I at least when I watched the episode, I didn't I didn't see that that it was that it wasn't being mocked. Let's just put it that way. Um, but of course, as as someone who has taken a promise of, of celibacy, it might have hit a little close to home too. So <laughs> right, right, that's true. So, yeah. And uh, Ren Fairs, I wouldn't think of like Ren Fair nerds as being like the ones who are not engaged in romance, because if I've been to Ren Fairs, it's more like Star Trek conventions are where you might find the uh, the ultra nerds. But even these days, geeks are cool. And so everybody 
Everybody likes being well, a geek. And, and, and there are also reasons they hold conventions in hotels. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's true. So our second email came from Sandy. She says, uh, your show is very entertaining and I enjoy listening to it. Thank you, Sandy. In regard to the latest episode, I agree with Jimmy's contention that the planets could be populated by groups that have a certain philosophy or origin. In TNG, the Caldos colony from the episode Subrosa was modeled after the Scottish Highlands. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. What may be the very worst episode of TNG of all, or at least the most cringiest. <laughs> one, of, one of the worst, yeah. It's, it's and, on the list. Although the point is true. Yeah, okay, that planet is is does have a certain uh, cultural bent that is based on Scotland. And yep. if only it had, it had been written non-horrendously. <laughs> <laughs> yes oh poor poor gates mcfadden so <laughs> and that we'll be talking about that one in the future so thank you both sandy and brett for your emails so we do want to finish up by taking a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of star trek including kara k andrea j johannes b dixie v and joel d their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give Make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And we'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show for us every week. Uh, that's it from us. What, do you, what did you think of iExcretus? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash trek or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or send an email to trek at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next new episode of Lower Decks. And until then, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Trek. This one returns your thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Father Corey Stiga, thank you as well. Thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Trek on Star Quest. And remember, there is no Boimler. I am Excretus of Borg. <laughs>